this and this and this is Tofen Beam for the TB test. What's good, son? What's Gucci, man? It's your boy, Beam, back with episode 32 of the TB Test with my boy, Tof. As always, it's the uh, Magic Johnson episode, 32. Ooh, 32 still fly- thriving with the HIV, huh? Oh, yeah, dude. He's he's doing well, too. He's He's got the cure, but 32. There's actually a lot of good 32, so it's hard to choose Jim Brown, 32. We don't talk about the Browns. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, man. I got to hold up. I got to wet my whistle here. Oh, getting a little wet in the whistle, huh? Getting a little moisture, some saliva. Yeah, getting getting ready. I actually was at the dentist a few weeks ago, and I noticed, I don't, I mean, I have no knowledge of this, but I noticed my dental hygienist, the girl was, like, using the little suction cup a lot, like the little suction mm-hmm. straw, like, close, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when your mouth fills up with saliva oh and i asked her i was like what how would i rank on like a normal saliva production scale you know you kind of feel like you're using that thing a lot and she's like ah you know yours is a little excessive but uh <laughs> it actually is it's healthy for your teeth so you know don't worry about it. it's all good and i was like oh okay cool she- so. She just drops the y- yellow hanky, excessive saliva, <laughs> 15 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, enough about the saliva. My whistle is wet. Uh, saliva, they could they could have been an honorable mention for our ass rock bands. Oh, really? I don't even know who that is. That would have yeah, been deep uh, down. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. But uh, yeah, man, how's how's it going? How how's the week been? I know your team lost, but how? Other than that, we won't get into that yet. What have you been up to, dude? Everything's been good. I mean, like we talked about at the end of last week, the hog of the week, Andy Frazella, been seventy-five Harden, getting that James Harden. Well, not really, because oh. that guy's a fat fuck. But James Larden, uh, you know, just living that <laughs> hermit crab life. Today's day eight. But uh, I've been getting go. my Ebert and Roper on, man. Crushing movies, my dude. And uh, it kind of made me think to to get started here. I had a I gotta put you on the little fucking hot seat. Okay. I'm ready. So you know, I'm just dicking around the other night, and I'm flipping through one of the many streaming channels. I'm uh, Steve Mariuchin off of, and <laughs> I come across you know an all time classic, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, it's not the Wolf of Wall Street. No, it's mm. not Shutter Island. Fucking Titanic. And oh. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking just devote the next three hours to see Leo draw Damn. Kate Winslet like one of his little French girls. And uh, great fucking movie. Great movie. Was it? You know. Hold up. What what platform are you watching it on? Uh, stars. Okay. Stars. So it wasn't the... So, you got the full version. Nice. Yeah, you know this wasn't like back. 
back in the day yeah i got some i got some <laughs> i got some nip nip action going on there and it's not like the old days you know titanic's that that movie when your parents had fucking a vcr and they had the double vhs and you gotta yeah. like flip the vhs once the iceberg hits or some shit like that <laughs> yeah. uh so, you know, hadn't seen that movie in years. I don't think I've ever actually watched the whole thing through, just parts here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lie. I'm just trying to make myself sound more masculine after sounding feminine yeah. about even watching the Titanic. You've watched it. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Great movie. And, uh, you know, first off, Rose, you're a dumb smut. You could have shared that goddamn door with Jack. Like, he didn't have to die. Oh. Like, just let the homie hop up. But it got me thinking. So, uh, as you know, I was recently back in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, hey, chilling with the fam, and had one of those topics come up, and, hey, TJ, what's your top five favorite movies of all time? And first four, no-brainer, came up with them on the spot, and I struggled with the fifth one. And you know what? I'm not afraid to admit, I think the Titanic's my number five favorite movie of all time. Oh. Gonna have to add it to the list. But... Wow. I wanted to see, put you on the spot, the Budweiser hot seat here. The Traeger hot seat. You a top five list of movies, and we're not counting comedies here. These are just top five <clears> movies <throat> of all time. Does the Beam Dick got a list? Yeah, I, got, I can come up with a little list. Um, this is something that you don't really think about that often, I think, unless you're weird or Roger Eber, like you said. Um, but you're probably not thinking about it too much. So I have a couple right off top that I know are in my uh, probably my top three, and then four or five is a little sketchier. But I can throw in some give me classics. Your top three. Give me your I top can give three. Th- throw in some classics four or five for sure. The ones you don't want to leave out, like Titanic. I, I kind of understand that as a five pick. But uh, my favorite movie. I'm big into thriller, suspense uh, genre. That's kind of mystery, that sort of thing. And uh, my number one movie, I don't even know if you've seen this, It's not. it wasn't too huge of a movie, it's called Lucky Number Slevin. No, I never even heard of that shit. Never even heard of it, okay, this is perfect. I guess, I, I guess I'm not Ebert and Roper, but I'll add it to the list. Add it to the list. So, Josh Hartnett's the main character, but also has Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, and it's basically about like two uh, gangster, rival gangsters going after each other. And Josh Hartnett's the main character, and he plays a character that owes money to both gangsters, and he's kind of in the middle of all this crazy drama and suspense. But uh, I won't spoil it for you because it's a great movie, and you haven't seen it, but there's a huge twist in it that makes it crazy. And uh, yeah, one of my favorites, and I know a lot of people haven't seen it, so go peep it if you're listening. Lucky number 11. It's from like... A little peep, peep show. Yeah, peep show for sure. It's like a 2005 or some shit like that. But uh, that one for sure. And again, that same genre. And you actually hit it earlier. Shutter Island. Great movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you hit it. You kind of ruined it for me already. But it recalled in my memory like, boom, Shutter Island. Classic twist. Also, Leo, great actor. Um, it's just, it's amazing that Leo didn't win an award for best actor for that movie but he won it for the fucking one with the damn the revenant for bear or whatever yeah the revenant i haven't seen it but i fucking know that's what he won an award for so maybe i'll add that one to list too even though i heard it's not that lit but okay let's finish off your top five here okay two pretty goats 
I would say. Or, well, I mean, you don't know Lucky Number Slip. Anyways, my goats. Number three, I got to go with one of, I know you love this movie too, more of a, like an adventure, uh, trill- from an adventure trilogy, I'm going to throw it out there, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Stupid fire. The first. I give the Return of the King higher, but yeah, how can you go against that? Yeah, Return of the King, great. Um, but I think when I saw the first one, I re- I remember I was like, oh damn, this movie's three hours. I was like eleven or some shit, and uh, I just wasn't sure if I was gonna be into it or like never even watched the drama. I wasn't a Harry Potter kid. I watched it, fucking hooked immediately, and uh, just you thought that shit to- was lit. I was about you to were be strapping up legless. I got on, I was in archery, started listening to Joe Rogan podcasts, <laughs> just taking dudes out like uh Boromir getting taken out with an arrow, but anywho, that's neither here nor there. You were you were strapping up ready to go through the mines of Moria and fucking scrape some homies for the oh, dwarf. For sure. I was about to I was almost I was so wet I was almost drowning like Samwise Gouchy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut. But anyways, <laughs> that's my top three. Oh my I got God. I got two more classics that it just like I'm gonna throw them in there. These are this debate. I mean, these spots are debatable. But number four, I'm gonna go Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks. Just a classic movie. One, Every time it's on TV, I gotta throw it on. And one I'll of sit the most there. quotable movies of all time, for sure. And it's always four and a half hours on TV with all the commercials. <laughs> But you you usually watch two hours of it and give up. You're like, damn, I've seen this 47 times. But uh, that one, and then same director as Titanic, Avatar. I know that's kind of, that could be like, you know, I feel like that's like a hit or miss or people, some people hate on it. But just for the time when it came out, it was like a totally new technology. And the story obviously is just a classic Um great story a lot of uh new kind of ideas and the new planet and so it's just like another little adventure one and also i think it's like the highest grossing film ever or some shit and titanic's like and number like, two and like titanic it's been 84 years since they fucking were supposed to make the second one but oh yeah still waiting yeah so we'll see what happens there but i that's gonna round out my top five and like, again you know you could throw four or five could be a lot of different things but i'm pretty yeah, heavy okay. I, I fuck with it i i would have no crossover on my list though i must say i have nice. no crossover for your movies and mine uh i'm just gonna rapid fire this shit real quick okay you didn't you didn't ask for my top five yeah i'm gonna hear you yours no damn. <laughs> number one the, the people are forever waiting. and always i was featured in modesto b shout out motown when i was a senior year in high school i said what's your favorite movie and the i was like in the teen hall of fame type shit uh, oh. Number one's then, number one now. Remember the Titans, like, get the uh, fuck out if you don't like that movie. It's fucking slaps. Great, great soundtrack, mo- too. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, number two, Andy Dufresne, Shawshank Redemption. You mentioned Morgan Freeman, that boy Red. Yep. He, you need some SIGs, he'll get you it. He'll get you a fucking rock knife. He'll get you whatever you need in prison. He's got the hookup. <laughs> uh, Shawshank Redemption, number two, another good TV movie. Yep. You mentioned Forrest Gump. Shawshank, it's on. I'm watching. Yep, 100%. Uh, number three, uh, Mel Gibson flick, The Patriot. I don't know oh. what it is about that movie. I just <laughs> fucking love The Patriot. That's another and, uh, TV. Like 
I only ever watch. I've I, I don't think I've ever even watched it. Maybe when it first came out, but since then, only TV. I just catch it on. I watch the whole thing. Great movie. Yeah, man. I I remember when the first time I watched it, and the dude that like. I forget his fucking name. Uh, the one that turns into a red coat and they ends up burning the church and shit. That's just like heartbreaking shit, man. Yeah. Um, and number close. four, I gotta say, is probably the best acting in a movie that I've ever seen. And it's fucking that boy John Coffee, Michael Clark Duncan in the Green Mile. I fucking uh, love that movie. Just absolutely. I mean amazing that fool percy he's a fucking dick how could you not <laughs> wet the sponge for that boy edward delamar like he's a fucking dick didn't um, wet the sponge and then fucking titanic i gotta throw it in there man like the before the titanic before i just came to this conclusion that it's a top five and i'm gonna get roasted it's fucking cool toast and roast my ass i don't give a fuck but uh i had the dark knight in there so, yeah. I mean, I kind of did a 180 and went the other way on it, but <laughs> I mean, some good <laughs> shit anyways. Hey, same same basic premise there between the Dark Knight and Titanic, you know, up against a lot. But uh, yeah, you're yeah. definitely going to get some flack for that, but that doesn't mean you didn't have the first VHS paused right at the end portion for the paint, <laughs> paint you've seen every time, you know, you busted it out, throw it in, it's ready to roll. Parents Need- fucking leave the crib. You got the you got the VHS ready to grow. Get that ra- <laughs> wrench out and start cranking. <laughs> Dude, uh, this we if this fucking podcast episode was an essay, we're getting a fucking F because you know you never leave the introduction longer than like a couple sentences, and we're fucking like fifteen minutes in, flowing like Niagara Falls. But hey, that's all good. Because speaking of Niagara Falls. Their hometown football team, Ooh. the Buffalo Bills, is in the AFC title game. Buffalo. Wagons are circling. The Buffalo Bills are something else, dude. They put on a goddamn show this weekend against Baltimore. And uh, I got to say, with some more drama on the other side of the AFC, they got to be favored here, or they got to be the favorite the fan favorite for sure to make it to the Super Bowl. Fan favorite for sure. Uh, I think we should touch on the AFC and NFC title games here. You know, spend a couple minutes breaking them down a little bit, but we got to look back before we look forward. And uh, was there anything that stood out from divisional weekend? Um, you know, in any of the games, let's start with the NFC. Anything in Rams, Packers, or bucks and saints that stood out to you that you wanted to touch on uh yeah i think the packers offense is the best there is at least this year um they're just unstoppable aaron Rodgers again on the fuck you tour we know this he's the mvp this year but the number one defense the lambs the rams um you know it could have been the opposite held in holding aaron Rodgers down but uh they did their yeah. thing Jalen did kind of put Devontae on lock. You know, he had a quick little three-yard touchdown catch. But other than that, he had 66 total yards, which he would consider a down game. You know, they were chirping. So Jalen did his thing. But uh, other than that, Aaron Jones got loose. And the Packers just look unstoppable to me, especially playing in Lambeau. Yeah, man, I think you definitely – main takeaways or everything that you just said. I would just touch on, you know, the Rams – 
championship defense. I was swinging on their nuts pretty hard for the most part of the year. But, man, that Ryan Gosling motherfucker, Jared Goff, he is holding them <laughs> back so bad. And, uh, you know, I know they're in a tough cap situation. We can talk about this in the off season, but Rams need to look at their quarterback in the mirror and really determine if this guy is going to be the one to get them over the hump. I think majority of people would say absolutely not. He isn't. But what are you going to do? Um, and my other takeaway is, uh, you know, one of these movies I've watched recently I had to go back and watch Hardball. That's a fucking classic. Uh, RPG, you know, baby. The homie, the pitcher. Yeah, R.I.P.G. Baby, fucking still makes you tear up every time. Uh, the the pitcher Miles when he's got his big papa playing in his yep. Walkman, you know. Do you think Aaron Rodgers like secretly has some AirPods in under his helmet and he's just listening to "Look at the flick of the wrist"? Because I swear <laughs> this dude just flicks his wrist and launches it sixty yards on the money like it's nothing. Point in case the deep ball that he threw to the lizard, Alan Lazard, to the yeah. ice the game. Like, dude, does anybody throw a prettier deep ball and make it look easier than Aaron Rodgers? No, definitely not. He's been doing it for so <laughs> no. long. No, simple answer. Simple answer. Does not. Um, yeah, dude's, dude's a star. But uh, to quote, <laughs> <laughs> remember the Titans. All right, cool. So they look pretty unbeatable, but the Bucks, Bucks showed out in New Orleans. Yes. Um, after losing the first two regular season matchups, they go into the Big Easy and put down Drew Brees, which probably for the last time. Um, but the went into the Big Easy and euthanized Drew Breezy. Oh, hey, I'm gonna spit a flow. Get it? Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, the Bucks looked pretty good in the second half of that game. You know, it was real close. Um, real close in the first half. I think it was tied at the first half or shortly after into the second half. But uh, the Bucks D showed out, you know, the last four yeah. possessions for Breeze, the last four of his career probably were a fumble, not by him, Jared Cook, fumble, punt, pick, pick. pick Ooh. Yep, yep. That's a rough way to rough do way it. Rough way to go out. Yep. Uh can't say I'm surprised because I am going to pat myself on the back. I am undefeated in NFC playoff predictions. It's uh, literally played out exactly like I predicted on the podcast. So wow. I did pick the Bucks last week. We'll get to the AFC and see where I fucked up. But uh, we got the Bucks and the Packers, the Battle of the Bay, the Bays, I guess. Not even the real Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clever. But fuck, before we jump over to the AFC, let's just fucking break it down real quick. The NFC title game. Yep. They're expecting some cold weather this weekend in Lambeau. I mean, the frozen tundra. How could it not be cold in January? It's Aaron Rodgers' first NFC championship game that he is playing at home, which yeah, is pretty amazing in of itself. It is. Crazy. And Tom Brady, even more crazy of a stat, it's going to go down as one of the most unbreakable records in sports, not just football, but he's playing in his 14th conference championship game. I mean, ridiculous. Goat's going to go. And you got an amazing quarterback matchup, and I think overall a good game. I mean, the Bucks did beat the Packers, made them look like their little Fools. bitch back in week Silly. six. Yeah. And, uh, what are some of your, I guess, keys to the game, each team, and who do you, who do you got taking this one? I think I know where you're leaning, but uh, 
let's let's tell the people what you got, Beamer. Yeah, like you said, I think it really is going to be a good game, <clears throat> even if it's cold, because we know Brady's. This is first year in Tampa Bay. He's coming from New England. He's played in the snow. He's fumbled the ball and not been called a fumble in the snow before. We know this. <laughs> But uh, that's neither here nor there. I think the key, really, of the game is going to be Tampa Bay D, right? Like I just said, the Packers look pretty unstoppable. They got the number one receiver. They got a more than capable back, and they got Aaron flicking it to whoever the hell he wants, flicking the bean to Lazard. Valdez Scantling, our boy, uh, I can't even remember his name, tight end. I'm blanking right this second. Robert Tunyon. 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 So uh, they got weapons. And if the Bucks can make them make mistakes, it's going to be a turnover game for sure. Whoever has the mo- more turnovers is going to lose the game. And uh, but I think I think the Pack's going to do it. You know, it's in their favor. Aaron Rodgers, like I just see this being his year, just the way he's playing. Obviously, he's the MVP this year. So I got to roll with the Pack. Brady can lean on on his experience, but Green Bay's kind of fell off the lot not fell off but kind of got bounced out uh, maybe earlier than they should have the last couple of years so um yeah i think this is the year it's the culmination they got it all clicking yeah i mean i think you broke it down pretty well and um honestly i would tell you up until about five or six hours ago that i was gonna pick the packers too and i even said last week that i thought whoever won the game against or in New Orleans was going to go up to Green Bay and lose. But you know what? I'm not – I don't have the fucking balls to pick against Tom Brady in a oh. conference championship game. I think that ultimately – I mean, he's 43 years old. Aaron Rodgers is up there too. I'm going with the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Packers this week. What? And, yeah, people might be saying I'm high. I got the Titanic top five movie. I'm picking the Bucks to beat the Packers. But here's why. David Bakhtiari – uh, one of the top three or so left tackles in the NFL protects the blind side for Aaron Rodgers. You know, last week, Aaron yeah. Donald, obviously, I've said many, many times that he's the best player in all of football. He was playing with torn rib cartilage, had limited snaps. He just absolutely was not at his, his full strength. And he also is an interior lineman. Going back to our power rankings yeah. at defensive lineman. JPP, his one-handed ass, club. was somebody that you thought very high of. And I think he's going to make his presence felt along with Shaquille Barrett. Levante David in the linebacking core. Devin White played out of his mind last week. You know, Devontae's going to get his. There's yeah. no denying that. Like you said, he even had 60-something yards against Jalen Ramsey. To me, honestly, that's pretty fucking good because Jalen shuts down everybody. Um, but turnovers they're not they're gonna have to win this game against the Packers a completely different way than they did against the Saints now one thing that did concern me last week watching the Bucks play the Saints is they struggled in the special teams game in covering punts specifically mm. had a couple long ones one went for a touchdown and was called back because of a block in the back so they're gonna have to figure that shit out this week but um you know I just gotta go with Tom Brady I Will I be shocked if the Packers win? No, I fucking would not be whatsoever. It's going to be a close game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, first time ever meeting in the postseason. Doesn't get much better than that. It's the first game of the slate on Sunday, and it's going to be a great one. And I I expect the Bucs to eke it out by a field goal. That's what I'm going to go with. Final score, 
Tampa Bay 27, Green Bay 24. Oh, I like it. I like the little prediction. I'm going to throw mine in there too. Um, you can't – it's not a crime to bet against, to not bet against Tom Brady. So I see where you're coming from. I'm going to go 24-17 Green Bay. Bringing it down a little bit on the score. I I thought that one out. You saw the hesitation there. I don't really know. I was like, oh, shit, where's he going with this? (laughs) All right. All right, so. Let's keep rolling. We got, yeah, let's keep it rolling. We each got our NFC representative for the Super Bowl now chosen, and uh, we got to go over to the American Football Conference and kind of recap the games last week. We had the Bills in western New York. 10,000 or so fans representing sounded like 50,000. They had that place rocking the few, the proud, the Buffalo Bills fans. <laughs> uh, obviously beat the Ravens. Very impressive win. Uh, they Was the final score 17-3, to I believe? It, it was. Something yep. around that. A uh, few things that stood out to me in that game was, first off, I fucking put the classic Tofe jinx on Justin Tucker. Thought he was... <laughs> I had said he missed a field goal against the Titans, got it out of his system. He hit one off the left upright. He hit one off the right upright. Missed two kicks in one game. I got to imagine that's that. a first yep. in his career. Yeah. And uh, what I was most impressed about in this game is the Bills have had a hell of an offense all year, and they've done amazing things on that side of the ball. And they even looked really good offensively against the Colts in the first round of the playoffs. But their defense absolutely turned this game upside down. They kept Lamar in check while he was in there. The biggest play of the playoffs so far, Teron Johnson's 101-yard pick six. I mean, there's no more of a back-breaking play in football than that. And, uh, you know, shout-out to the Bills for fucking winning a game in a different way and showing that they have that kind of fortitude to do so. Um, what else stood out to you besides what I what I did? What did I miss? Well, what before the interception return, it was actually it was a 3-10 game, and that interception went for 101 yards. So that was one of the drives that the Ravens were actually marching down the field before yeah. Lamar threw that pick. So that, that would have tied the game if they were able to score there. So... You know, it was a close game until that point. Um, yeah, that I think that really just all the momentum went to Buffalo. It went from almost a tie game to a two-score game. And then shortly after that is when uh, Lamar goes down with a concussion. So that just really took the life out of the Ravens. Um, and I didn't see him coming back with whoever their quarterback was. I don't know what happened to RG3, but as the random that jumped in for him. Um, the RG3 wannabe, but yeah, I mean, Buffalo's D balled out, like you said. I think that's that's about it. Can they repeat against Kansas City? If they don't have Pat Mahomes, maybe so. For sure. And I mean, we just got to touch briefly on the Chiefs' victory over the Browns. I mean, here, I got to face the music. I'm going to make it pretty short and sweet. Uh, yes, the Rashard Higgins fumble before the half is an absolute brat back-breaking play just couldn't happen you know i've heard yeah. a lot of people this week talk about how that's the dumbest rule in all of sports how it rewards the defense without having to recover 
it is what it is. The rule is there. It's a very obscure, rare, rare rule that you don't see very often. But, I mean, you don't need to be reaching for the end zone there. And I also see another uh, side of things where you got Browns fans and football fans that are saying, well, you know what? It was a helmet-to-helmet hit. Should have been called. And they so thus the play wouldn't have mattered anyways. Yeah. And my stance on that is two-sided. One is... I played football, you played football, and when we played, we fucking hit people with our heads. That's how you played football. Yeah. Just it's CTE for sure, but, you know, I get it. By the letter of the law, it is a penalty, but I'm not going to bitch about it because that guy's playing football. You're going full speed. Shit happens. And second off is I was an official for three years for high school football in the state of Texas. Hey. And I know how fast those fucking high school kids play, and I mean, they're playing at a high level in that state for sure, but this is the fucking National Football League. These guys are the best athletes in the world. I mean, that's a tough call to see full speed. I mean, it looks easy on the replays and whatnot, and ultimately, that's not the play that lost the Browns the game, and I'm not saying the Chad Henney run is the play that lost the Browns the Mm. game. They played a little sloppy in the first half overall. I thought Baker Mayfield played a pretty solid game, but I mean, you had some uncharacteristic shit like my boy Nick Chubb dropped and passes and oh. running like he was in the mud the first half and it, i think that the browns had patrick mahomes not gotten hurt yeah they would have lost by double digits most likely but you know it's gonna be a growing it's growing pains they were one in 31 in a span of two seasons just four years ago they will yeah. be back no doubt in my mind and uh that's my fucking two cents on that game and I don't want to talk about the fucking Browns anymore. They can lick my balls. Uh, I think you covered it pretty good, except for uh, the Browns punting it away on fourth down with four minutes left. I mean, I yeah, know it was that... it was fourth and like eight or nine, but that just kind of gave the game away. They didn't even touch the ball again. It was they never touched the ball again. And yeah, I mean the the drive that they had taken that possession on was the one in which. Chad Henney threw a fucking basically a punt for an interception and the Browns kind of dilly dallied around and went 11 yards and took like four minutes off the clock with how it broke down and then punted it away had one timeout left Baker had to use a timeout because they couldn't get lined up right shit just can't happen yeah I mean I'm not even a Browns fan I don't want to talk about it anymore so definitely some (laughs) growing pains and I think they uh page has turned like you said so Looking up, looking a lot more up than it has in a long time for Cleveland. So that's something to be happy about. Um, But Kansas City. Games in Kansas City this week. Buffalo's making the the journey to the middle of of the state. Kansas City, fun fact, is in Missouri, not Kansas. I don't know if you knew that. but uh, (laughs) Big-time geography guys here on the TP (laughs) test. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a great game. Pat Mahomes, he's still in concussion protocol. You know, he got lit up. He's playing. He's playing. I don't have a doubt in my mind that he's playing. He's fucking playing. Is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be effective? Do you think it's going to have any effect on him? Like, we, we're calling it out. He's Zero gonna play. effect. He's just going to. Zero effect. I'm. Go ahead. I'm more worried about how he was limping around yeah. most of the first half and into the third quarter more than the concussion that he suffered. Like, I mean. He was lipping around pretty good. I know he's kind of done that in the past and always powered through, but, I mean, Buffalo's got some dogs on their defensive side of the ball. Jerry Hughes, he will get after your ass, and uh, that kind of concerns me more than 
the head injury, <laughs> which yeah. sounds really fucked up to say, <laughs> but that's really how I'm seeing it. His big it. toe is more important. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the way he's so deadly is his scramble. Um, Travis Kelsey just cuts off his route and follows him 40 yards, heaves one up 40 yards down the field. Um, so if he's unable to do that, it's really going to limit his total capabilities, what makes him Pat Mahomes. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a close game also. I think both – we're in store for two great games this week. Like we said, yeah, he's playing, no doubt in my mind. Um, but I think Josh Allen – I think Pat Mahomes is going to be more limited – than what you're saying. I think he is going to have an effect. Um, he's going to be not 100%. We're going to see a couple turnovers from him. That's really going to change the game, either a couple picks or maybe rushing fumble. I don't know. But um, I'm going to go Buffalo Bills sneaking one out here with a, a last-minute field goal. Um, and this is probably going to be more of a high-scoring game, like a 31-30 or something, one-point game to sneak by and go to the fucking – to the ship. So I'm going to have to disagree with you just because of a few reasons here. I okay. want, I mean, I think most of America is rooting for the bills. They love bills. Mafia. We love seeing the guy that goes to bills games, getting smacked in the face with a bunch of mustard. We love them seeing crushing tables like the fucking <laughs> deadly boys in the WWF. We love that shit, but the chiefs are the defending champs. They were, the preseason pick by, I believe, both of us to repeat. So. Yep. I'm not going off of that, and I got a couple reasons why. First off, you said that the Bills were going to win by a field goal. Okay. I spoke this out in our group message. I've said it repeatedly. Tyler Bass, Buffalo Bills kicker, what the fuck are you doing? First off, <laughs> a kicker, you're not even a real football player. Like, you're just not. And this guy, he comes out, Bills kick off to start the game. And I look up, and this motherfucker is wearing eye black at a night game. First off, I'm not going to roast that because I did that shit in high school. So I wore eye black at a night game. But he's a fucking kicker wearing eye black only under one eye. Like, who the fuck are you? And then he missed a couple kicks. Like, no. You can't be missing any kicks when that shit happens or when you're wearing shit like that. So first off, Tyler Bass, get the fuck out. You're a suck dick puss. I don't like you. And, uh... Second off, Fair. I like Josh Allen as much as the next guy. We talked about Aaron Rodgers' flick of the wrist, his precision passing. Josh Allen can throw that shit like 80 yards. Like He overthrew digs on a couple deep balls that he literally threw like 70 yards in the air. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. But um, I think that Josh Allen, just like he did last year against the Texans in the playoffs, where he made a couple mistakes, mm-hmm. I like Josh Allen. And let me get this on the record. I do believe Josh Allen is a top-five quarterback in the league. I said that a few weeks ago. I still do believe it. But there's one person on the Chiefs that stood out to me more than anybody this past Sunday, and it wasn't an offensive player. It was Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, <laughs> flying across fuck. the field. He don't give a fuck. He makes big plays, and I think he will make a huge play at some point in this game. He'll be all over the field making tackles, defending passes, but whether it's an interception, forcing a fumble, the Honey Badger will come up big in the fourth quarter, and ultimately the Kansas City Queefs will be going back to the Super Bowl. They will be playing in Tampa Bay against, as I said, Tom Brady. He's going to be the first ever. They're going to be the first ever team to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. 
Chiefs versus Bucks. That's my pick, and you have the exact opposite. I do, and I hope it's somewhere in the middle, just so we have something to talk about. <laughs> One of us is going to get roasted so hard next week. That's all right, man. Well, Unless we – Igor Splitsky, I don't know. Yeah, we might split, but – Yeah, either way, two great games on the ledger for this weekend. Um, so looking forward to it. Some all-star QB play will be had for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah, but there's, you know, football's on Sunday, both games on Sunday this week. There's something else on Saturday, a uh, different sport oh, going yes, on. We got UFC 257 with the return of out of retirement, Connor McGregor showing up here on Saturday. Uh, Tim, are you pumped? What do you think, man? How's it going? How are you feeling about it? Super pumped. It felt like forever, but the UFC took a hiatus from December 19th till this past Saturday where they returned on Fight Island. Definitely was watching that. First card ever on ABC. Definitely delivered the goods. Many knockouts. Max Holloway putting on a fucking amazing, amazing performance. Ass whoop of, the, of a lifetime that he <laughs> put on Calvin Cater. But this week, I mean... It's like Tiger Woods in golf. Nobody moves the needle in the sport of mixed martial arts like the notorious Conor McGregor. And when it's a Conor McGregor fight week, it just hits a little differently. You know what I mean? The the hype is real. I don't even like not even just casuals, but people come out of the woodworks to watch Conor McGregor fight. It's a rematch of a fight that happened at UFC 178. Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, they fought September 2014 at 145 pounds. This week they'll be fighting at the lightweight division, 155 pound limit. They can win at 156, not a title fight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be some exciting shit, and uh, I'm pumped for it. Like you said, I'm a cash. We've we've already established this many months ago, and I'm juiced. I'm pumped. Um, and it's freaking Tuesday, and we got five more days, so. That just doesn't happen for me. So you're definitely right. Connor moves the needle for sure. And I'm sure the UFC is juiced to have him back because um, he did retire, right? So what what's your thoughts on him making his return back into the cage? And he had some boxing matches and retired, and now he's back. It, so uh, let me just put this out there. First off, Connor McGregor, I like Connor McGregor as much as the next guy. He is such a huge personality he's so great for the sport he's one of the greatest strikers of all time any division in mixed martial arts he has one of the most deadly weapons to ever step foot inside those eight walls and that's his left hand absolutely puts dude to sleep when he fought dustin poirier back in 2014 as i touched on at the top he knocked him out inside of two minutes he absolutely hit him with it, kind of what looks like a glancing blow, but Dustin, he kind of loses his legs right away. His equilibrium's <clears throat> all fucked up. But uh, I'm going to be in the minority of this fight, and what I mean by that is I'm not saying he's going to win, but Dustin Poirier is probably my favorite fighter, if not top three for sure. I love Dustin. I love everything he stands for. I love how he fights. He's a brawler. He'll get in there, get in your face. But, uh, yeah, he. we've seen this matchup before. Um, I'm just going to break down the matchup a little bit more here. Yeah, yeah. So, Dust, they fought at 145 pounds, and Dustin and Connor both absolutely depleted their bodies to get there. If you go on Instagram right now, I, I ask you all listeners to go on Instagram, go check out what Connor McGregor's been posting. 
Dude looks absolutely like a unit, man. He is built right now. He looks amazing, but he's carrying a lot of muscle. So I think that Dustin, I mean, the only path he really has to victory is, I mean, it's 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 mixed martial arts. Somebody can get knocked out at any time, yeah. but Connor's more likely to end the fight early and make it an early night than anything. That's if he wins, how I see it going down. If Dustin's going to win this fight, he's going to have to get get in there, make it dirty a little bit. He's going to need to clinch. He's going to need to wrestle with Connor. Now, Connor has great takedown defense. You've only really seen him in the cage kind of get throttled on the ground by Khabib, and that's what Khabib does to everybody, just ragdolls yeah. the shit out of them. But uh, Dustin's going to need to be able to keep his range, and then when he's not at range and lets Connor get in his face a little bit more, he's going to need to clinch up, get dirty, tie clinch. Um getting some dirty boxing in ultimately it's a horrible matchup for dustin poirier and i don't think he's gonna win this fight if you ask me to make a prediction i do have conor mcgregor winning this fight i would say by second round knockout um but no, i am pulling no biggie for dustin. no biggie just I a second round for dustin KO. to win it <laughs> yeah Preach. no biggie well it's fucking he would last longer than he did the first fight <laughs> Now, I thought for I will sure also... you were going to go with Dustin upsetting him or go in the distance and draw or some shit. I'm going to be cheering for Dustin. Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Fucking diamonds are forever. I love Dustin. And I will say, moving up to 155, he is a whole hell of a lot more durable, not depleting his body. He's always in great shape when he steps in there. Uh, it's just a very likable guy is Dustin Poirier. And the the lead up to this fight has been a lot funnier than the first one. The first time they were talking shit to each other the whole time and Dustin was playing Connor's game, playing right into his hand and just went in there like a hothead and he got finished real quick and you know, he's matured a lot in the last 6 years. Connor's also taking a different stance and not talking as much shit in the media and whatnot. Um, and to go off of your point about retirement, Connor did fight last January. He came back and he fought Cowboy Cerrone, whooped his ass inside of two minutes as well. Uh, they fought at 170 pounds, but 155 is ultimately the weight class that Connor wants to be the king of. And uh, we'll see if he gets the W on Saturday, as I know many people expect him to do. And if he does that, he will be right back on his way to getting that bell. Yeah, I'm excited, man. The cashes are pumped. The cashes are going to make the masses. They're going to crackstreams.com and watching that shit for free. But hey, nah, crackstreams is shut down, man. You got to get a different site. But uh, okay, you slide into my DMs if you want that. So super cash. Not going to publicize it on the pod. Can't be having my stream slow down, bruh. Okay, and we'll do. I'll slide in. Um, so okay, that's obviously the main event of the card. What other what who else is fighting? Are there any other good matchups? Who else who are you most excited to see outside of McGregor and Poirier? So a Conor McGregor pay-per-view, what Dana White and the marketing genius of the UFC is, is they know that people, like I said, he moves the needle. They're gonna tune in. They're not gonna load up their card as heavily as they will as a, a non-Conor McGregor fight. There's no title fight on this card. Connor and Dustin are headlining the pay-per-view with the non-title fight. That doesn't Three happen unless it's a con. It's five rounds. The main event is always five oh, rounds okay. or a title fight. Um, so they will be going 25 minutes maximum. But the undercard of the pay-per-view is not as stacked, so to say. So I'm going to tell you, the matchup I'm looking the most forward to, and I'm not going to say the co-main event either. Because the co-main event, I'm going to just give you that real quick. Michael Chandler, he's making his UFC debut. He's been one of the best 155-pounders 
for the last you know five or so years. He's been in Bellator. This is his UFC debut. He's fighting Dan the Hangman Hooker. Guy's going to step in the cage. He's fighting at 155 pounds. He ain't going to be 155 when he steps in there. Dude is fucking massive for the division. He is always in a war. Michael Chandler, Dan Hooker, will not disappoint you. Dan Hooker does not know how to not be in a war when he gets in a fight. His brain is complete mush because this guy gets in some crazy battles every time. (laughs) You remember the Robbie Lawler and fucking Rory McDonald fight? Dan Hooker's been in one or two. I mean, no fight's as good as that one, you know, off the top. But Dan Hooker's been in some scraps. And uh, his last fight was actually a crazy war versus Dustin. Um, so we got that one. But the one I want to focus on is Matt the Steamroller Frivola. Eight and one record. He's got an absolute crazy gas tank. Dude can go fucking 50 minutes if he needed to. He's fighting a Moroccan fighter by the name of Otman Azatar. And this guy is somebody that's been on my radar for a little bit. He's 13-0 with 11 knockouts. This guy will put you to sleep. He's had two fights inside of the UFC and absolutely starts his opponents in the first round. The most recent one being a co-main event slot back in 2020 where he put Kama Worthy, who was on the rise, down like a baby back bitch in a minute and 13 seconds. So... My prediction for this fight is for Vola is very durable. I think that Otman Azatar is the truth, and I think he gets for Vola out of there uh, inside the first round. So that's wow. going to be the second fight on the main card, and I'm going to make one more point. This ad uh, is brought to you by NyQuil. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> We're sleeping. Uh, get some Z-Quil out. Uh, the first fight of the main card is going to feature a woman named Amanda Hibas. She's a Brazilian fighter, absolutely a star in the making. She starched Paige Van Zandt, subbed her in the first round, her last fight on Fight Island. I believe that was the fight card in which Usman and uh, Jorge Masvidal fought when we talked about weight cutting and whatnot. But she is an absolute, first off, she's a beautiful girl, absolutely has a bubbly personality, super cool, I think she's a star in the making. I mean, that she's her her stardom is just going up and up. She's fighting a fellow Brazilian. I think Amanda will get the job done. Most likely this fight will go the distance, but if she does win, she is on the rise like no other. So, uh those are just a few of the I think I pretty much actually touched on four of the five fights on the main card. Uh it's going to be some good shit. Be sure to tune in for sure. And it's it's uh, in Abu Dhabi, so it's hella early in the morning. I read it's like starts at 4 a.m. local time or some shit, so it could be on prime time for us. So imagine yeah, imagine that, going somewhere, getting acclimated, and then fighting at 4 a.m. Yes, and last UFC point I got to make is as we record this, as always, Tuesday night we're recording this. Uh, by the time you listen to this, if you're listening in the morning, turn on ESPN because for whatever reason – they're having a, a fight card, uh, just Wednesday fight card in Abu Dhabi, like in the prime time there. So at 6 a.m. our time, West Coast, Left Coast, Best Coast, we got early prelims starting. So the main card will probably be popping off sometime around 9 a.m. If you're working from home, get your fucking extra computer, your phone out, because you're going to have some fights. And there's some, there's some lesser known names on that card, but... I will say that those cards are always the ones where crazy shit happens. Yeah. You get those twi- those Twitter highlights 
trending uh, guys you don't even know, and you click, and it's just a devastating knockout. Might have to do that. Throw, yep. on, throw on the PN, the ESPN um, in the morning. Nice, dude. Good looking out, brother. Let me slide into those DMs. Get that little For uh, sure. little free streaming code. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll be, we'll, we'll be talking here. But um, I, like, uh, I like that you deferred to me to shed some light on UFC 257, an exciting event to be coming. But uh, I know that you had a new segment that I won't. I know is fucking right up your alley to take the lead on. And uh, how about you describe it for the people? Yeah, man. I'm pretty, pretty excited about this new segment we got. You know, I think, you know, a lot of people know our personality by now. And I think I've, I like to think of things a little, little bit detailed and super logical and try to figure stuff out a little bit more so in the way I speak. And so for this segment, it's going to be Pinky called in the brain. Pinky in the brain. We've we've referenced that a few times. This segment um, it's going to be called layman's. And I don't know if you're familiar with layman's terms, Tof. Layman's terms. Have you heard of that before? You mean Jake Layman, the guard for the fucking Minnesota Timberwolves? No. Just kidding. No. You know what that is. Yeah, layman's I know what term. layman's terms is. Yeah, tell so, the people. Yeah, so if you don't know, you know, layman's terms is breaking down something complex or uh, hard to understand into easily digestible phrases and words and just a way of explaining something so anyone can get it. So, um, you know, we'll we'll take on different little topics here and I'll make sure to do some research so I don't feed you bullshit. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to, to run this through and explain a little topic here and have you ask me some questions and hopefully get some feedback from the listeners. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did uh, I, I kind of came up with the topic? You know, we've referenced many times on this podcast that I'm the resident fat boy. Uh, day 1875 hard, trying to become a little less uh, husky. So I know that with your fitness background, the perfect topic for you to kick off for the average Joes that may be listening to this that want to, you know, get in shape. It's after the new year, New Year's resolutions. It's never too late to start. But, uh, Talk about some weight loss, and uh, I had a few questions for you to kind of break down and explain, you know, like you said, in layman's terms for the peeps. For sure, dude, yeah. Um, obviously, fitness is my background, something very near and dear to me, so I'd be happy to kick it off, and just like you said, for anyone, just give you a very high-level explanation of what you need to do to drop some of those LBs, maybe get the beer belly down a, a slim tad. Um, cause you know, once you hit 30 sipping too many brewskis, it's coming. So, but yeah, I, you know, I'd be happy. I'll just dive into just some off top knowledge and you could hop in with a few questions whenever okay, you're ready. Let's go. But, um, yeah, so I have a lot of friends ask me all the time, Nick, I need to lose some weight. I need to figure out, you know, what do I need to do? And there's a lot of confusion of, you know, just tons of stuff out on the internet of different ways to get this done. But it, it all really comes down to how many calories you burn versus how many calories you consume or you eat. And um, there's a study out there from some nutrition university and some nutrition uh, instructor, and uh, he actually proves that this is the only thing that matters is he eats Twinkies for 30 days and loses like 12 pounds because he makes sure he Shit. works out and uh, expends more calories 
then he's eating in the Twinkie. So this is really the only thing that matters. So a couple quick things when you're trying to figure this out. Okay, cool. I need to burn more. How much more? What you know? What do I need to do? One pound is equal to 3,500 calories. So that's a lot of calories. That's but uh, you could put that down. You know, 12 pack. That's probably pretty close to 3,500 calories. You add an extra pound on there. Um, so 3,500 calories. The only way to do this is you got to burn more than what you consume. So a main thing that you need to think about when you're trying to figure this out is, hey, my body. It's doing shit. It's breathing. I'm walking around. I'm doing laundry. Those things take up calories. You're burning calories all day. It's not just when you work out. So good point. There's good a point. there's a thing. It's called your basal metabolic rate or BMR for short, not BMI, but BMR. And basically, okay. this is how many calories your body burns on a daily basis. So this is something you really need to know to have an accurate idea of what you want to do of how much weight you need to lose so for most people this number is going to fall between like 1200 to 2500 calories a day just depending on your size um but once you have that number we'll just use a thousand for an easy example a nice flat number say your body is burning a thousand calories just on average without working out per day and you're eating another 2000 you know just a general diet 3000 calories Sorry, excuse me. You're burning a thousand, but then you're eating two thousand. So you're over a thousand uh-huh. calories uh, per day. You're in excess. You've eaten a thousand more than you've burned if you do nothing all day. So if you want to lose weight, you have to burn more than a thousand calories to be in a calorie deficit. So what that means, literally, what you need to do is figure out your goal. It's all based on goals. 3,500 calories is a pound. If you wanted to lose a pound a week, you would need to lose 500 calories a day or have a deficit of 500 calories a day. That's seven days at 500 calories equals a total of one pound per week. If you wanted to do two pounds, you just crank that up to 1,000. More than that is doable. That's a crash diet though. Not really sustainable over a long term. So ideally, you're trying to get in... uh, 500 calorie deficit per day so again we'll go back to that 1000 bmr and you're trying to figure out okay i can only eat 500 calories if i want to burn excuse me i have to have a calorie i'm making this a lot this is not lamest terms (laughs) thousand (laughs) calories i'm ruining it right now thousand calories a day is your bmr if you work out and you burn an additional thousand that means you've burned 2,000 for the day. You can only eat 1,500 calories or consume 1,500 calories. That would put you gotcha. at an, a 500-calorie deficit. Um, so yeah. that's just an easy way to kind of figure out a, a target goal. To figure out your BMR too, there's tons of calculators. Just Google it, BMR calculator. You're chilling. For sure. Uh, so a couple questions that you know come to mind is you often see people when they first start getting into the gym – 
They kind of want to jump right on the treadmill or the elliptical, some form of cardio, some way, shape, or form of that. And they're kind of afraid. And it's female and male, kind yeah. of afraid to just pick up the weights and start lifting weights. And I uh, kind of wanted to ask you a question in regards to the benefits of doing either one, you know, and why is lifting weights, you know, a quicker way to burn fat and whatnot than just necessarily running on a treadmill or walking at a, you know, um, yeah, elliptical elevation or something cardio. like that. Sure. So the benefit of doing weights and why if you've ever seen a personal trainer before, they probably put you through weight training is that BMR number. So what you are burning on a daily basis increases exactly with how much muscle mass is on your body. So Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime BMR was probably 5,000 calories because for your body to function with that much muscle on it, it's going to take way more energy on a daily basis. So that's the main reason why muscle training, working out is better than cardio when you're trying to lose weight. Not better, but also another way to lose weight is because you're cranking that BMR level higher and higher and higher with the muscle mass that's getting added to your body. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and then... You know, another question, and it's something that I've been participating in, done it on and off, but definitely have been very religious through the program that, you know, I've talked about a few times now yep. and I've been following, you know, the idea of intermittent fasting. And uh, can you kind of explain to the peeps, like some of the benefits of that and why it is so effective in regards to uh, helping with a late weight loss? Yeah. So intermittent fasting, you know, there's a couple different variations. The most popular one is a time restricted diet. So you're limiting all of your calories for the day to a certain window of time, usually like eight to 10 hours, um, for example. So within, you know, as an example, we'll do noon to 8 p.m. You establish as your window for eating. Outside of 12 to eight, you can only have zero calorie beverages, water. You know, there's some myths and, you know, people have different thoughts about black coffee. It may have a couple calories or two. I think it's okay. But basically, zero calories outside of that window. Um, and what that does when you're doing a fast, an intermittent fast, you're fasting for 16 hours without having anything in your body, your body actually starts to tap into some fat storage for energy. It has nothing to use for fuel to do your daily activities because you're still going on with your day. You know, you wake up at 6 a.m. to noon. You have six hours of of active time there where you have no nutrients in your body to fuel you. So your body starts tapping into that fat stored in your body for energy versus using other things that aren't there. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's kind of hard to start at first. You know, if you're somebody that's thinking about trying it, speaking from somebody that's not the fitness guy on the podcast, um, <laughs> that, inter that does intermittent fasting, uh, I've adjusted the times. I know you said noon to eight. That's a very common time for many yep. people that do participate in this practice. I personally fast from 11 a.m. to seven, get up real early, try to get an early little workout in. And by the, by the time 11 a.m. comes around, the big boy's belly is growling like a motherfucker and I want to grub. So, you know, you can adjust the times to whatever you want it to be, but making sure that you're staying within that window. And like you said, um, consuming zero calorie beverages, pretty much water, black coffee at the 16 hours in which you're not eating. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much touches on the couple questions that stood out the most. 
uh, yeah, I, I think you did a great job of getting a little scientific specifically because that's what it comes down to is your fucking body it's science um as to what is effective hopefully some of our listeners are able to take this into their own practices and reach out to us in a few weeks and say that what you broke down tonight in layman's terms is what led them to losing x amount of pounds in whatever span that they're looking to do so in for sure let me just cap it off with this as a little action plan for you if you do want to lose a couple pounds here um you know we'll, we'll say two pounds is a healthy weight to lose so go google bmr calculator input it's going to ask you a bunch of questions input the information and get your bmr number whatever that is you know you just need to hold on to that number and then download some sort of calorie counting at my fitness pal super easy you can scan barcodes it'll upload the calories right in um, you could even input your information it'll probably give you a recommendation for calorie intake and uh, if you have a wearable like a apple watch or fitbit that'll link in and all those calories you're burning while working out will automatically update into that so that's probably the easiest way you can do and just set yourself up two pounds a week you got to have a thousand calories left over on your recommended um, usage per day on average and you'll hit that goal no problem so like Toph said Happy to break it down. Hopefully, I didn't confuse you in the middle there. I've kind of cleared it up at the end, but uh, yeah, reach out yeah, to I us. Yeah, I think you did it. You did a good job circling back, circling the wagons like the Buffalo Bills Let's to, go. to get back and and touch that. No, I, I I was getting a little lost, but you did a great job of <laughs> picking it up. And uh, I like that you even touched on the crash diet um, aspect of things. And you want to have something going on in your life. That is sustainable, obviously, moving forward, you know, just because you want to drop that weight for the wedding or whatever the hell you got coming up, the summer trip to fucking Cabo with the homies, like, you got to have something sustainable. So, yeah, fucking, we will be definitely doing some more of these segments. I think we touched on it, like you said, the personalities, we got Pinky, that's me, we got the brain, we got Nick, (laughs) and you just seen why. Good shit. That was awesome. Good shit, man. Yeah, throw out if you, you know, respond to us with anything else you want to hear. And obviously, this is the first one. We'll get the kinks worked out. We'll be a little smoother for the layman's next time. But, uh, yeah, we're happy to do some more of these in the future. Cool, let's keep for it moving. Sure. Let's keep let's it. Let's go, let's go. Um, do you want to run through a couple ma and nas, dude? It's been a minute since we've done some. I have a couple here on the back burner. I thought it could be a good little uh, ender here for us before a hog and poodle. Yeah, I wrote down a few Mar Nas a few weeks ago just in case we came across this uh, segment. A couple of them were seasonally related, but I still got a couple in the chamber, a couple bullets in the chamber, uh, ready to roll. So I'm going to get it kicked off. I'm going to ask you one first. Yeah, start us off, man. Let's go, man. So the the first one that came up as to has to do with our last week's show. We talked about reality TV. We did our MySpace Top 8. We listed all of our shows. And one show that didn't come up is a show called Naked and Afraid. So first off, have you seen this show? <laughs> do you know the premise of the show? Uh, I think I've seen like one episode, but I know the premise, yes. Okay. So for the people out there... Naked and afraid. They put two people in some back-ass jungle type thing, and they're fucking literally naked, have like a Tarzan-type leaf on their cock, and uh, (laughs) they have to figure out a way to survive for like 30 days or whatever, and they're allowed to bring one item each. 
and uh, got to figure out their way out. I don't know what they play for, but that's the premise of the show. So first off, ma or nah, if I said that the prize was a million dollars, you got to survive for 30 days in some jungle in Africa, ma or nah, you going on naked and afraid? And if so, what item are you bringing? I'm going to go hard nah. We don't even have to get to the item. <laughs> No way. I'm a I'm a hard <laughs> not too, man. There's no I wouldn't even make it 24 hours. Oh, I mean, I think if I was putting that, but like we we're in a revenant situation and I had to survive for 30 days, like I'd figure out a way. But uh, just doing it for sport, no thanks. I'm chill. I'm fucking dead either way. So <laughs> uh, if I did have to bring a weapon or uh, bring an item, <laughs> you bring a weapon, some kind of. I bring a weapon like a machete, be, or some kind of big ass knife. You know, you gotta you have go. something to hunt the animals, and whether it, the, the machete would help to like cut down some of the tree branches that you would inevitably hi- be hiking through. But uh, yeah, yeah, fuck that. I'm not going on that show. I would have zero chance. I'd be fucking <laughs> last ten minutes. Just the you need. I'm bringing the ice skate like I'm goddamn Tom Hanks in Castaway. Just cut <laughs> cut my palm first night. But uh, yeah, there's no thanks. I'm cool off that. That show is ridiculous. I'm calling the producers in the first time I fucking start walking and got a fucking step in a red anthill and they're just chewing my (laughs) ass up. And I say, get out of here. Piece me out of here, please. Oh yeah, that's not for me. I like it though. Good shit. We did forget to even mention that one. So definitely noteworthy. Cool. In the the same realm, you know, TV. And we start we start off hot off the presses with some movies, but uh, I'll I'll ask you first, and then I'll give you my perspective. It's a week night, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. You uh, chilling on the couch, throwing the throwing the tube. You starting a new TV show on a week night, one that's got you know three plus seasons here ready to roll. You down for that, Ma or not? Nah? That's living dangerously, but as somebody that's done this in the past, I gotta say, ma, and uh, man, that that's some dangerous shit. I'm gonna give you a story, actually, a okay. direct story related to this topic. I had no idea that you were gonna fucking ask me. <laughs> uh, so when quarantine started last March, when we started the TB test, I was like, dude, I gotta fucking finally. This is the perfect time to watch Power. It was a show that was on my radar for quite some time. Okay. I was like, I got to get into this hoe. And uh, I signed up for the seven-day free trial of Stars, and was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to watch all six seasons in seven days. <laughs> oh, my God. I stayed up till four in the morning, like five nights in a row. I mean, still working from home, so it was a little unique, a little different. But, uh, yeah, your boy couldn't put down the power. <laughs> I mean, it was basically a softcore porn. They'd just be fucking by season three, like every other scene. That boy Ghost is just putting it to his women, like giving them the, the goods. And, uh, yeah, so that's one show that stands out to recently. Yeah, and, and two – to the point of this, I did knock Power out all six seasons within a week, and that's wow. pretty fucking. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I, <laughs> I did. I, I done it. I done it. Oh, not something I'm proud of, but oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I know how dangerous it is, and I have. I don't have an example like you, but I have stayed up way too late because uh, we stumbled onto a new show. Had to get through episode three of uh, 
episode four or two? Uh, might as well keep it rolling. Netflix keeps it playing just right away. You're done, so next thing you know, you got to wake up for work in the morning. So I'm a not. I'm not doing it in the future. I'm refraining from it. I've done it in the past, and I've learned my lesson. I got commitment issues with shows, man. A lot of people know me. I'm more of a movie buff. Shows, it just it takes too long. I don't have that much time to commit, so especially on a I weeknight. feel it. I've been afraid to start a new show for a little minute now, and uh, I've just been living the fucking Hulu life, watching old episodes of Seinfeld. That shit is fucking 30 <laughs> years old. Still makes me laugh my dick off every time. That boy Kramer, man, he's something else. If you're not a Seinfeld guy, it's never too late to go back and watch. That shit is hilarious. So, yeah, I've been rewatching old episodes of Seinfeld because it makes me LOL every fucking time, and uh, I don't want to start a new show either. Yeah, commitment issues, man. It's fun, but it's also just, you just get sucked in, you know, too good. For sure, for sure. All right, so this next one was actually a uh, a user generated or listener, excuse me, oh. listener generated ma or na, uh, loyal listener of the pod, probably number one loyal listener that hasn't been featured on the pod. Uh, okay. Loyal listener, what's respect. up, dude? What respect? He said, hey, Toph, as the resident fat boy, you got to ask Beam a food, ma or na. And uh, one I got for you is, ma or na, you go to a restaurant, and I know that you're a puss when it comes to spice, so we're not going to count spicy food. But uh, say the restaurant. Just hurts my stomach, all right? I'm down, but I pay for it later. Fucking platypus. (laughs) Uh, Proceed. Say you go to a restaurant, and you got to eat some type of burger, some type of fucking ice cream dish, however many slices of pizza within a time limit or something, and you get your picture on the wall, you get a t-shirt, maybe you get a fucking monetary amount of money or a gift card okay. to your favorite store. Marna, you down to do it? I'm not doing it by myself, nah. I'm doing it, if I have a teammate, ma, I'll do it. If it's like a two-person challenge and... The other person's down. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna shy away, unless it's fucking okay. blazing buffaloes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm even <laughs> down for that if I have a partner in crime. By yourself though, like, nah, I'm chilling. Not trying to do all that. A squad? Yeah. Ma, I'm in. Okay. What about you? I'd say a younger version. A younger version of me has. I mean, I once ate three taco truck burritos for like thirty bucks, and. uh <laughs> I, I've eaten 20 slices of pizza in one sitting for fucking, oh and I constipated myself for like a week and was sick <laughs> and threw up in the parking lot of the round table, actually. Um, so oh. I can't, <laughs> these are true stories here. Uh, I've been there. I know what it's like. I'm going to say, nah, this older, wiser, I'm going to be 30 years old this year. I don't want to be put in that situation again, you know, maybe for the right fucking prize. They're going to give me like, a hundred bucks to fucking smack like a two pound burger in 10 minutes. I'll fucking scarf that bitch. No problem. <laughs> and, uh, make it happen. But you know, just for my picture on the wall or a t-shirt, suck my dick. I'm not doing it. It's not worth the pain that you're going to have in your belly and in your asshole. It's just not worth it. Exactly. My point with spicy food, not worth it. But, uh, dude, do you remember man versus food? That show? Oh, Oh, dude, that guy was a fucking monster. That dude was a beast. He had to quit after like two seasons because of his cholesterol skyrocketed. Um, 
Boy, uh, he would smack. He would do the craziest ones around the country. Like, he wasn't just doing your mom and pop's fucking ice cream parlor. Like, he would eat, like, 10 pounds of ice cream. All right, I got I got one more for you, and it's on the same note. I'm hammering it home right now. I'm just going to throw it, shoot it from <laughs> the hip. Ma or nah, you like strawberry ice cream? Fuck no. <laughs> nice, dude. So... I've said this before, I think, on the podcast. There's like only, god damn, we just talk about weight loss, and then we talk about food, and then <laughs> your boy has to go back to his fat boy weight. There's only a few types of foods that I don't like. I'm not a very picky person, but very specific, do not like three things. First one, fucking oysters. Get out of here. Hate them. Oh, two, come on, yogurt. Man. You put yogurt in my smoothie, too, I'll know it's there no matter how you try to hide it. Yogurt licks my balls. You don't like and yogurt? And number three is fucking despise it ah. despise yogurt and number three is strawberries i fucking have just never had a palate for strawberries ever now i will smack on some artificially flavored strawberry stuff you know we talked about jolly ranchers on our candy draft yeah i'll throw eight of those in my mouth no problem but a real live strawberry or like i have had strawberry ice cream in the past it's just absolutely fucking disgusting i i I'm a vanilla guy over strawberry 10 times out of 10. Like, strawberry would make me hurl in my mouth. Get it out of here. Hurl in the parking lot, maybe. Um, I'm not that passionate about my hatred for strawberry. I really like strawberries and enjoy them on many things, but I just don't like strawberry ice cream. I don't know what it is. I just can't do it. I'm just not into it. Like, Neapolitan. As a kid, you get a little Neapolitan cup, the little with a little wooden spoon. I'm eating the vanilla. I'm eating the chocolate and leaving a little rectangle of strawberry crema <laughs> right there in the middle, tossing that guy. Yeah. So uh, I'm never go- going with the Neapolitan shake at fucking In and Out. Just not not a thing I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that either. Vanilla or chocolate, so I'm I- with it. I think, you know, we're over an hour into the pod. We're just flowing here. But I I think if there's one takeaway from this podcast is I'm absolutely going to get fucking destroyed for my hatred of yogurt and strawberries as well as having the Titanic in a top five movie and fucking picking the Chiefs over the Bills. Like, it's just, that's just going to happen. And Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Damn. Well, (sighs) but uh, let's wrap this thing up like we always do. We'll just hit it real quick here. And, There's uh, a couple people in this world that might be a little more hated on than me, and those will be our poodles. But before we get to them, Beam, who's your hog of the week? My hog of the week, and this is, I'm, you know, I need to get off this little train, but I've been on a little cliche train, but you just, you just can't not name this as hog, and it's actually a cohog. Cohog and cohog, not family guy, but cohog, if you know <laughs> if you got that one. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> I'm going Breeze and Brady, dude. I don't know if you saw this. Two, you know, obviously two 42 plus year old quarterbacks meeting in the playoffs. Never been done before. You know, Brady played a great game. Breeze, not so much, but just their career is so crazy. And just the top two in a lot of the stats. Maybe, you know, Breeze is up top five. Tom Brady's the GOAT. And uh, after the game, you know, they caught up. Brady was throwing passes to breeze's kids they're bullshitting on the very field. cool very cool moment and uh it just shows how much respect they have for each other and um to be doing it in the playoffs this old 
it's just that's a hog thing to do. So Breeze Brady co hogs. Yeah. Good call, good call. Like uh, you know, Tom and obviously Tom and Drew came back onto the field. Obviously the cameras that were still around picked up on that, but you know, they were going out there as if there was no cameras around. I yep. will say though when the Fox broadcast ended, stuck on them during their handshake, you know, it made me feel some type of way just knowing that that was the last time we were going to get that matchup and last time we were going to see Drew B, Drew Brees playing for the Saints, playing football at all. I mean, yeah. he's been playing for the Saints since we were fucking, you know, high school. Like, yeah. we're 30-year-old men. So, uh, yeah, that's a good call, man. Good call. Who's your hog, Tuff? Um So, I... I have two hogs, and one of them was a late addition as of today. So I'm going to give it two. I don't give a fuck. No honorable mention. They're both making the cut today. Right. Mentioned one off the top. Going to be short with it. Max Blessed Holloway. I mean, this guy on Saturday, he fought the number six featherweight contender, Calvin Cater, who is a hell of a fighter. Some of the best stand-up game in the UFC in any weight class, and he made him look like an absolute little bitch. He fucking put out depending on what stat source you check he landed 447 significant strikes that's insane amount of output go hit the bag 447 times i would pass out before i got to 200 that's crazy um and my second one is a late edition as of today and it's a hog get Ooh. and i gotta give respect where respect is due sarah thomas official in the nfl is going to be the first woman to ever officiate a Super Bowl that was announced today. Uh, so credit to her making history in the National Football League. That's uh, pretty cool. It's, a, it's some fucking shit that will always be remembered. So I gotta give it to Sarah Thomas. I, I mean, yeah, fuck. Just gotta give respect where it's at. Yeah. Um, Good call. And kicking kicking it off to Poodle of the week. I mean, there's just no one. That could be more of a poodle butt bitch. The definition of a poodle butt bitch than this guy. And that is Jared Porter. Do you know who this is? No. No clue. Jared Porter. Prior to today, again, recording on Tuesday, um, late last night, New York Mets general manager. I should say now former general manager. Oh, yep. uh, this guy, Jared Porter, had you know been a scout in some different organizations and whatnot. And he met this woman who was an international baseball reporter. And uh, long story short is this guy had started texting with this woman and then making some very unwanted flirtatious text messages, I guess you could say. Some to the point of six, 62 unsolicited, unanswered text messages. And, I mean, this guy, he's sending winky faces. He's saying, hey, baby, you there, you know. It's a kind of a, a cardinal sin to do anything more than a double text. You got to get the hint yeah. at some point, bro. And on, after 61 texts, he thought it'd be a good idea to just send a fucking unsolicited dick pic. And uh, this will do I, it. I don't <laughs> like. Yeah, she hasn't responded to the last. Let's, let me see. Send a dick pic. Like, I don't think a dick pic's ever worked in the history of you know pulling bitches. So. Jared Porter went from being the general manager of the New York Mets to being fired and essentially will be never working in Major League Baseball or who knows what other field moving forward. This guy is an absolute scumbag, scum of the earth. Jared Porter, poodle butt bitch of the week. 
Poodle butt for sure. Good call. And the, after all that, what I'm going to say is what's crazy is he's in such a high position that this is going to be a smear on his resume. He's never going to get a job again. But there's a lot of dudes out there that do stuff like that, which is pretty sick. There's some fucked up dudes in this in this place and we only 62 hit... that's a lot that's ridiculous like you said that's that. crazy after that's 61 insane. he's like ah, let me try one more thing and it's like nah <laughs> just getting his cock out there like what <laughs> okay let's let's move my poodle of the week i'm gonna go with a little random one here one of uh the clan members from keeping up with the kardashians kylie jenner for uh, uh she did a little instagram video i don't know if you saw this and uh she recently or i don't know how a couple years ago maybe within the last few years purchased a 32 million dollar mansion ballin she's you know could be a billionaire with her makeup anyways she posts this video of her shower and the water pressure is ridiculous the water is dribbling out it's like a flaccid. It's non-existent. It's like a flaccid wiener stream falling straight down. Like you got to be directly underneath the shower head to even let the water hit you. It's just ridiculous. And uh, it's like Jared Porter's dick pic, just flaccid as fuck. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I got to take a little solace in knowing that I got better water pressure than Kylie Jenner. That's you know that's kind of you know, to no fault of her own. Call a plumber, but you can live in a mansion. You can't have that, especially if you're posting on the internet. So uh, she's my poodle. I have one other honorable mention. and uh, Lay it on me. I know we mentioned off top that one of those untouchable stats was Brady making 14 conference championships. Um, just ridiculous. And now he's been in the NFC for a total of one season, and he's got one NFC championship under his belt. And uh, Dallas Cowboys – have zero since 1997. <laughs> oh, I saw Brady's that. Been, that made me LOL. Brady's been in the league for the conference for one season. He's got one. Cowboys in the last 24 years, zero. So just a little Alice. Good call. Yeah, the Alice Cowgirls for sure. Uh, well, before I toss to you for your final thoughts, I thought it would be a little special you know, one last thing here is we mentioned UFC 257 and our outro music, the classic Boston Morton of Feeling. I thought it would only be fitting on a Conor McGregor fight week. As you listen to us, go out and exit the pod. Close your eyes and imagine it's Saturday night, UFC 257, the notorious one, Conor McGregor, making the walk, getting that fucking remixed, hypnotized Biggie Smalls fucking jam on and i think that's the only way to exit out of this podcast Beamer, you got any final thoughts i'm psyched for the outro go mcgregor i'm beam he's toe we out Detroit players, Tim's for my 
my hooligans in Brooklyn. Dead right, hit the head right, Biggie there, head right. Papa been fooled since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce, Bruce, who? Do something to us. Come on, talk, go through us. Girls want to us, wanna do us, screw us, screw us. Yeah, Papa and Pop. Close like Sparsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry and three. Bang every MC easily. Recently, niggas frontin' ain't sayin' nothin', so I just speak my peace, keep my peace, Cubans with the Jesus peace, with my peace, packin', askin' who want it, get out and take a flaunt it, that Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your. 